Good afternoon, or good evening, I should say, and thank you for tuning in to Squawk Talk. It's, uh, it's going to be a very special episode today, no That's doubt. Yeah. Um, with us always is uh, Braden, the French Connection. Braden. How's it going? And a uh, special guest in the house today, Representative Mike Sanders. Representative Sanders, thank you so much for being here. I'm glad to be here, guys. And you are a, uh, you're an Oklahoma Christian alum, as I understand. That is correct. Um, I am a 1997 uh, college graduate, uh, BS in uh, uh, history and pre-law. So I spent four and a half years here at this fine university. So I had a lot of great times and uh, a lot of great memories. Marvelous. Go Birds. That's right. <laughs> go, go Birds. <laughs> um, before we get into today's episode, be sure to check out our Twitter page, at Squawk Radio, or actually, excuse me, at Big Squawk. Our Instagram is at Squawk Radio, and our website is squawkradio.org. So with that being said, let's get into it. So Representative Sanders, uh, Braden here is actually from Kingfisher, and he tells me that you're known as the godfather of Kingfisher. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I cannot deny, nor can I confirm. Uh, I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, I ran into your father, as a matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, I think, at the City Cafe. Okay. I was walking in. He was walking out, and uh, he said, oh, by the way, I think my son's going to be interviewing you here in a couple of weeks. And I'm I'm like, yep, sounds, sounds about right. So, but... Uh, Godfather, huh? I guess I've been I've been called worse. Yeah. So I God. guess I'll take it. There's some level of prestige. Absolutely. Yeah. Associated with Absolutely. That. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. Uh, I've never been to Kingfisher, but uh, I mean, I've just heard some wonderful things about it from Braden and then actually doing a little bit of research on you. Seems like it's a pretty, pretty it's, it's connected. A good, it's a good community. Town. Yeah. It's a good community, I think. Um, um, it's not big, but like all the people there, nice people, um, I believe so. And anything you got you've been there longer well, yeah i've been there i mean my family's been there since uh you know the mid 60s and and um my mom and dad moved up from chickasha and they bought the funeral home there and and uh, still family owned that uh, family owns that today um grew up there went to high school there graduate in 1993 great community about 4500 people uh it's a clean city uh we've got a good school system uh both public and private uh, we've got um, uh, great leadership in, in, in the county. We've got great leadership uh, there in uh, Kingfisher. Uh, and, you know, my wife, actually, this is kind of a funny story, but my wife's not from Kingfisher. She's actually from Washington, D.C. Oh. And so when we got married and, and she uh, came down, you know, I said, no, honey, she's from Washington, so yeah. you've got to remember this. So, but kind of cut her teeth up in New York City. And lived in D.C. all her life, so she, you know, honked and all that kind of fun stuff, and I said, you don't want to do that here in Kingfisher. That, I'm walking here. Yeah, <laughs> that's, you, don't want to, you don't want to honk your horn, but, but I said, and you also have to be careful because if you say something, you know, bad about someone, there's a good chance you're going to be related to them. So you just, you just, just don't, don't even go down that road. Yeah. Uh, so no, Nellie, Nellie's great, and uh, we, uh, we love it in Kingfisher. And you have two boys. Two boys, uh, Davis uh, and Walker. Davis is 10, and uh, Walker's 8. I jokingly say that uh, those are my uh, chief of staff and senior advisor. (laughs) (laughs) Then they can fight over what position that they want. But uh, But the future of Kingfisher. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Um, Would you just maybe briefly go into detail about what your specific role is and maybe on a day-to-day front what, you know, objectives you got to tackle sure uh well 
The good thing is every day is different. Um, it is good. And very exciting. And then there's some days you just, you know, it's just part of life. Uh, well, my role in the legislature, I've got, uh, I wear several hats. Uh, one as the uh, House Majority Leader. Uh, lots of roles uh, that uh, that will uh, involve. Um, I jokingly say sometimes, even when Speaker McCall will say, okay, we need you to do this and that. I'm like, well, Mr. Speaker, that's because you don't want to do that, right? <laughs> and uh, he gives me all the good stuff. No, but Charles is a great guy, good friend, and he's a wonderful speaker. Um, so I've got that role, um, and then I have the role as chairman of utilities. So uh, companies, Oklahoma companies like OG&E, uh, PSO, rural telephone companies, rural electric, um, you know, those type companies uh, fall under my uh, purview uh, legislation that may pertain to those entities. Um, we, we uh, of course, represent a very strong rural district out west, uh, west of here. Um, so obviously, rural telephone, uh, you know, uh, rural electrics are very important. Right. Uh, but uh, so you know, wearing that hat, but then also being a senior member, helping mentoring a lot of our younger members. We have 37 members that were, you know, in our caucus, the Republican caucus, 37 members that were brand new. So trust me, they, they you know, there's still some that not sure still where the restrooms are, let alone <laughs> understanding the political process and. And so that's one of the roles that, that, that I have um, in, 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 in being a senior member is to coach these newbies along because my days are numbered, obviously, due to term limits. But this is going to be, you know, these are the future policymakers. And mm -hmm. so we do a lot of press. You know, there'll be a lot of uh, things that will be involved. Uh, we'll do... Uh, you know, Scott Mitchell's Your Vote Counts uh, on Sundays from time to time. Uh, we've, uh, we've done uh, The Hot Seat. Uh, that's another Scott Mitchell um, uh, program on uh, KWTV9 here in, in, uh, in Oklahoma City. Um, you know, there'll be opportunities to, to visit with the core or the, or, the, or the press corps there at the Capitol. Mm -hmm. um, so there's lots of different things, lots of, lots of, Lots of interesting situations. I mean, obviously, every session is different, so there's going to be different, different things that, that, that pop up. So, um, I mean, I think the, the, the main focus that I have is, is, is to help our younger members communicate our message um, and, 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 and move the uh, ball down the, uh, down the field. And do you have faith in these 37? Do you, do oh, I do, absolutely. I, I, absolutely, I do. And, and you know, the, the 37 that, that, that came in and – there were 40, 46 overall, but but 37 here in our caucus. Uh, very diverse, um, small business owners. Um, you know, there were a few that were teachers. There there are uh, financial advisors, uh, farmers, ag teachers. I mean, just a lot of different uh, different unique backgrounds that actually make make this class. I think a very a uh, very good class, uh, a class that I think you will you'll want to keep your eye on. Excellent. Okay. It's always good to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, coming from mixed backgrounds, that's essentially what we are in our country. I mean, we're a melting pot, right? Absolutely. So, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's very good to have wide representation. Um, when did you know you wanted to make a career <laughs> in politics? I'm going to tell the story, and you're probably not going to believe it, but it's true. Um, I was nine years old, nine years old, and so this was 1984, way before you two were ever born. 
by the way. Uh, I'm an old guy. But uh, 1984, um, in Kingfisher, a gentleman by the name of Forrest Woodward, who worked for my dad, retired minister uh, there uh, at one of the churches, uh, decided to run for mayor. And so he called my dad and asked if I would go help knock doors and put up Forrest Woodward for mayor signs. Now, I'm nine years old, and so... And, I, and Mr. Woodward was, was, was a, just a great gentleman and, 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 and a good man, and I always loved being around him. He was kind of like a grandfather, and I said, sure, I'll go do that. Now, I didn't know. And of course, these, this was not a, a, a political-affiliated race. These are nonpartisan races. Um, but he always had a Reagan-Bush 84 sticker on the back of his car. <laughs> and I didn't know who Reagan or Bush you know, was at the time. Yeah. So then um, – as that day went along, I started knocking doors and putting up signs, and and people would ask me who I was, and I would tell them, and you know, because I'm naturally, believe it or not, I'm I'm kind of an introvert. I mean, I, I know it comes as a surprise to some. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of a homebody. I it could have fooled yeah. me. I know it's crazy, guys, but but uh, but I introduced myself and I let them know who my parents were. Now. I, little did I know my parents probably had buried one of their loved ones, so I, I was like really cool, or I thought I was cool because everyone knew who my family was and who I was and blah, blah, blah. And when you're nine years old, that's a big deal, right? Absolutely. So, so but the, the, the interesting thing apart the, about that day was at the end of it, I learned about trash service, noise ordinances, potholes, uh, a lot of these city issues that, you know, aren't that, you know, cool, if you will, uh, but they were important to the citizens of Kingfisher, and I really took a liking to it, and that then spurred curiosity, if you will, because then at the time in school, we had uh, current event magazines called uh, Junior Scholastics. They're probably now on iPad or, you know, on, yeah. you know now, but, uh, but anyway, so we had the Junior Scholastics, and I loved reading those, and so I started reading about that, and there was this guy on television one afternoon. And he talked about America, and he talked about America being that shiny city on a hill, and it was Ronald Reagan. And I started reading as much as I could about President Reagan. And again, not knowing what a Republican or a Democrat was, yeah. but I listened to him and, I, and, and, and heard how optimistic he was about our country. And, and although that he and Tip O'Neill of the opposite party may have been you know, squabbling over you know, issues during the day, the president would invite him down later that night, uh, just, you know, the speaker and, 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 and him and have dinner. And so they could talk behind closed doors and, 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 you know, use some civility, if you will, which is kind of lacking in today's, you know, political arena. But, Completely. But that's what made, or that's what really caught my interest in politics. Obviously, I found out who Ronald Reagan was and and what his political affiliation was, and, and I've read so many books on Ronald Reagan. Uh, in fact, my oldest son, ironic, uh, but he was born February 6th, the same day as oh, Ronald Reagan's yeah. birthday. So it was, I mean, wow. it was meant to be, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so I, I've, I've then after that, I started, uh, you know, helping our local state rep, our local state senator. That moved up to congressional, gubernatorial, secondary races. Um, all, then, you know, presidential races, um, and I just threw myself into doing all these campaigns. And, and, and when I was here at Oklahoma Christian, I was a Republican chairman uh, for three years. When really? We had, oh, absolutely. Wow. And we had a really active group here. Uh, we also had 
the during the 1994 Republican takeover, we had debates here. Uh, Senator Renhoff, uh, of course, then was a congressman, but now he but he was here. Judd Hall or Judd Theater actually is where we had the debate. Uh, and then that Friday before the 1994 election, we had uh, former President George W. or former George uh, Herbert Walker Bush, Bush 41. He was here. Uh, had a big rally there in the Eagle's Nest. Uh, I had no idea Herbert Walker was here. Oh, he absolutely. He was here a couple times. He was here in 92 campaigning in the primary uh, right outside uh, the chapel. Uh, and then in 94, he came back. Um, and um, then in 96, we had vice presidential candidate Secretary Jack Kemp on the uh, Dole Kemp ticket. We had another rally uh, there in the Eagle's Nest, and I was part of that. So it was actually pretty cool. Pretty it cool. sounds it like cool. it. It was awesome. pretty awesome times. And uh, so during my tenure, uh, we were able to bring some of these folks in. So I'll take full credit for that. That's excellent. Yeah, <laughs> as you should. Yeah, we don't, we're don't. we lacking debates now. We yeah. really don't have any solid political civil discourse going on. Mm-hmm. No. Not and, really. And that's really been, I think, one of the downfalls. Um, you know, I can disagree with you guys, but at the end of the day, I like you personally. Yeah. I'm not going to demonize you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this goes on both sides. And I've never seen – I've Absolutely. been involved in politics – you know, I'm 44, so I've been doing this for 35 years, and and I've never seen it like this. I've never seen the media the way that they are. Uh, I've never seen the disdain and, quite frankly, hate uh, towards anybody uh, like I have here. And the absolute uh, shallow, empty reporting that I think goes on is just mind-blowing but not shocking. But, you know— I think if our country, and we have the greatest country the world has ever seen. There's absolutely no doubt about it. That's why all the people from around the world would love to live here in America. But we have the greatest workforce. We have the greatest economy. We have the greatest people. And that's what makes America. And we're very diverse. You mentioned it a little bit ago about being a melting pot. Um, it's it's the greatest country um, the world's ever seen. And I hope one day we can get back to more civility. And because I may disagree with you um, on one issue, I may agree with you nine, but because that one issue, I don't want to, you know, burn your house down yeah. over that one issue. And, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll leave you with this. You know, Ronald Reagan said, if you agree with me 80% of the time, we're allies. We're not enemies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty, pretty potent. Going back to Reagan, I think my favorite Reagan moment is – and he's giving some speech and a balloon pops and he had just been shot <laughs> not too long before. And as soon as the balloon pops, he says, missed me. Yeah. <laughs> and goes right back to his speech. Great sense of humor. Yeah. Um, and there's a really good book uh, uh, by uh, uh, D'Souza that uh, um, the book is How an Ordinary Man Became an Extraordinary Leader. It's a wonderful book. Get it on tape or CD or whatever or uh, read it. It's it's a fabulous book about okay. President Reagan. So going back to the you know polarized, just completely polarized nature of politics. Do you think the media is not? I mean, not solely to blame, but they they are a large part of the polarization. Oh, I do. I do. I do. And 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 it's. I think it's been getting worse. I mean, because it's no longer reporting the news. It's editorializing. It's it's opinionated uh, as opposed to. Here is the story from this side and this side. You, as the viewer, decide. Yeah. It's totally gone away from that. Um, most of these talking heads on television, um, especially if you look at CNN or 
MSNBC or NBC, CBS, ABC, they're former politicos. They're not journalists. Uh, and, you know, the age of yellow journalism, and this is why journalism changed in the 30s. You know, you had yellow journalism in the 20s and, and, and you know, the stories, what was being printed and things along those lines. I mean, that's why they called it yellow journalism because it wasn't, it, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but it wasn't factual. So, you know, there was this gap of, of, of you know, journalists reporting the news, not editorializing it, not, you know, opinion, you know, uh, type type stuff. I just, I, I wouldn't say that they are the sole reason, but they continue to add fuel on the fire. And that's, to me, is disappointing. It's discouraging. Um, but at the end of the day, that's what we're up against at this at this time. Yeah, and I mean the media obviously their main their main uh, service to the us the citizens is to you know, not keep us in the dark. Sure. And I agree. I think that they're you know that is something they're doing a decent job of. But I do agree with you completely saying that the news is almost made directly for their target audience and their target audience alone. Yeah. And that's when it becomes. I mean, it, it, we see it today. It's a huge issue. So yep, I no absolutely. doubt about that. Absolutely. Um, what, what, what are the main issues that you would like to see tackled in the state of Oklahoma? Oh, my gosh. Well, I've seen a lot in my 11 years. I'll promise you that. And we've made great strides in a lot of different, uh, different arenas. Um, well, because I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm from yeah. Dallas. So okay. I had been to Oklahoma before I came here maybe once or twice. Okay. And, just, and that, that was, you know, a decade before now, before mm-hmm. I started my freshman year here. And just the vast change and development in Oklahoma City alone. Absolutely. It's incredible. It is. And, and you know, the thing about Oklahoma City, of course, it's, you know, uh, mostly due to the MAPS program. Um, you know, what are we now on MAPS 5, 6, whatever it is now, um, that has helped uh, rebirth. But, but when you have people like Ron Nork, the former mayor of Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. and Clay Bennett, and of individuals that had a vision that wanted to make Oklahoma City better. Um, that's, that's what it takes. It doesn't matter if you're in politics or a university here at Oklahoma Christian or a church or what leadership. Leadership matters. Mm-hmm. And they had a great vision. Um, and I think that has carried over into the legislature uh, in many ways because, you know, Oklahoma used to be when you look at our workers' comp, we, we've reformed our workers' comp laws for the better. Uh, when you look at our roads and bridges, and I know there's still people out there that, oh, my gosh, Oklahoma roads and bridges are terrible. You know what? That's because for 20 years we were playing catch-up because at the time from 80, 1984 to 2004, they got the same amount of money to do appropriations. You couldn't keep up with inflation. You couldn't even, you know— put concrete on the top of a bridge. You had to fix a bridge with duct tape and bailing wire. I mean, that's basically how it kind of was. So we've made great strides. Uh, The Department of Transportation, eight-year road and bridge construction plan. It's a model for the country, if you ask me. We've reformed our pension uh, systems uh, for the better. Um, I say all of those things, which I think are very important, again, not very sexy, but, but, but are very important to the solvency of our state. Right. To say that looking ahead, I think the big issue that we're going to be looking at next year especially is health care. Uh, you know, there are arguments to be made to expand Medicaid, Medicare. 
there's, you know, or Obamacare, however you want to call it. Um, and there's talk about not doing that. I think, in my opinion, when we, when we look at our health care, uh, and this is why I opposed Obamacare from the very beginning, someone from Washington, D.C. should not tell me and my family they have to buy this certain insurance to take care of my family. They have no idea where Kingfisher, Oklahoma is. So how in the world can they make good decisions for me? And when you have Uncle Sam come and say, hey, we're the government, we're here to help, my advice is you run south. <laughs> because most of the time, they will screw it up. So health care is going to be a big issue next year going into the legislature. And I think it's important that us policymakers decide we as Oklahomans can take care of Oklahomans. We don't need, in my opinion, we don't need Washington to tell us what needs to happen and how to do it. Because if you do, you're on the hook. And the way that this state question, which is being used right now, state question uh, 802, they're trying to get it on the ballot, it is written very, very badly. And it, it will absolutely cause major uh, economic problems for our state because what it will do is, and Washington's known for this, you know, if you accept those federal dollars and you do it for all this years, and then all of a sudden, whoa, wait a minute, we're not going to do that anymore. The state is on the hook. The state is on the hook. And we're not talking millions. We're talking hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars for health care. Wow. It is a big, Jeez. big deal. So I think coming up with an Oklahoma plan to help Oklahomans who need it, not people like me, I don't need health insurance. Right. I have it through my job. I don't need to be told government I have to buy a government-run plan. That's a disaster. Uh, I'd rather be on the Titanic than to take that type of a form of, of, of government uh, health care. But anyway, at least I have a shot, right, yeah, at the yeah, Titanic. Yeah. I may freeze, but, hey, I, I'll take my chances. Mm -hmm. um, but um, so I think health care is going to be an issue. And I think you can always build upon the last couple of years what we've done with our education system. You know, we've, we've given teachers uh, two years in a row uh, a substantial bump in pay. They're now the 12th paid, highest paid uh, teachers in America, second in the region. We look, uh, look what we've done with state employees, um, you know, as far as the back-to-back -back years of, of helping bring their pay up to uh, uh, a regional average. I think one of the other things besides healthcare that I think we need to look at is those retired teachers, retired police, retired fire, and retired uh, state employees. They haven't received a COLA cost of living uh, expenditure in over ten years, and I can sure I can tell you that that's that's a problem. Real, I didn't know it was yeah, ten years. Ten that's, years. That's a long long time. It is a long time, and and I think these were the ones that were making twenty one thousand dollars as a teacher, that probably retired at making thirty thousand. Let alone teachers who are now here in Oklahoma on average make fifty two thousand on average. So those were the front line people, and I think we need to really look at that cola, and uh, look at uh, giving those. Uh, those retirees a cost of living adjustment because they deserve it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I agree with you, especially on the idea that government, completely government controlled healthcare nationwide is probably not as viable of a solution as doing it state by state. Correct. Because there's, I, I, I mean, I, I don't doubt you for a minute when you say they have no idea about Kingfisher or Kingfisher's issues. Sure. And you do. You and your fellow, you know, your public servants also, you guys are much more well aware of the issues. And if anyone's got an idea of how to tackle it, I, I'm going to trust you guys. Over well, the, the fat cats. <laughs> <Washington>. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll add to that, too. 
you know, I think one of the things that really help bring down health costs is, is competition. Um, I think if there's a plan in Kansas or Texas, your home state, that actually is cheaper for my family, I should be able to go across state lines online with computers and technology. There's no reason why I shouldn't be able to type in health insurance and 500 insurance pro plans come up and I should be able to pick what's best for my family. Yeah. Uh, that will drive down costs. I guarantee you, yeah. competition always does. Mm-hmm. But you got to believe in the free market, because if you don't believe in the free market, you're not going to buy into that. You know. So I mean, that leads us into probably another array of conversation. <laughs> it, on yeah, actually, that's a great segue. I think now it's really interesting. I heard Steve Bannon. He actually went on MSNBC because um, I, you know, here at Squawk, we've been saying Trump's got it from day one. And Bannon made the point saying, well, I don't think it's that clear cut you know, regarding 2020, of course. Yeah. Um, and he, I mean, I just the whole idea or this whole notion that has been sold or perpetuated by the Democrats that socialism is the answer. It is such a radical change. Mm-hmm. And what bothers me is that people are really it's gaining momentum. People are subscribing to it. I, what do you think about this? This it, interesting shift. It scares me a little bit because it's not so much the uh, older folks, the folks that are 45 and older, it's your younger folks, that, uh, oh, everything's free. Everything's free, my college is free, my healthcare is free, my housing's free. Nothing is free. And anyone who believes that and sells that, I got some oceanfront property in Arizona, all right? I'm telling you. So. <laughs> I, I, I think it's a line of bull. You ask anybody from Venezuela, or you ask anyone who, who lived during uh, you know, the time of Russia, you ask any country or anybody who's from a country that had communism, ask them what they think. I promise you, it'll be a totally different answer. And, you know, are there problems with our health care systems? You bet there is. But it was the best health care system in the entire world before the issues started happening about 10 years ago. So I, I, I am concerned with a younger generation talking about everything's free, everything's free. That's a failure in some way of their parents because either they weren't out working when they could be able-bodied workers in their teens and through college, um, I, 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 or, or education system. Maybe that's not being taught, you know. Communism... It's good for 1% of the people, the people who have the guns and people who control the government. That is it. Yeah. That is it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so there are some real concerns, but, but I will tell you, socialism is never the answer. It is an awful answer, and I will go and debate anyone, anytime, any place on that issue. There you go. Strong words. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't understand how it came to be about. I read a, a story about uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and how she found her footing um, as the 14th, what is she, 14th district? Correct. New York, yep, yeah. Yep, yep, uh, So that, and you may know this. Psychot Shakartri, this guy who became infatuated with Bernie Sanders. Is there, by the way, is there any relation? No, but I got a funny story later about that. <laughs> I'm very curious. Okay, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll want to hear this. Uh, Shikartri was devastated after Bernie lost. He had no background in politics at all, and he decided he wanted to form his own political party. 
and these were called the New Democrats. Uh, he I think they recruited 12 different people to run for local offices. Uh, of those 12, only one secured a spot, and that was AOC. Mm -hmm. And apparently there's still, like, the, this... The whole platform of that party is Bernie principles, so sure. socialism, include, and obviously including, you know, like you mentioned, free college. Um, but that that seems to be, you know, kind of a growing platform just for the left. Mm -hmm. And I, I I don't know. I'm not I'm not on board with it. I consider myself pretty moderate, but sure. Um, but yeah, I I don't think I agree with you. Nothing in this life is free, especially not. College. No, and, 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 and especially, you know, at a, you know, at, at schools uh, that are a little bit more expensive than others. But, you know, what, what, what's interesting is when you when you look at the three legs of socialism and communism, you look at control of the education system. You look at control of the transportation system. And then lastly, healthcare. You grab all three of those, you got a problem. And we're close in, in a lot of different uh, ways. You can argue that that's where we're headed. But I truly believe at the end of the day, the American people are smarter than this. And they will not bow down to that uh, flavor of the day, if you will, because it's, it's, uh, it's irresponsible. We cannot afford that. Um, there's so many theories that, you know, I could get into, but I just honestly believe that if people, if you really want to learn about socialism and communism, they just need to go ask anyone who lived through East Germany, Russian days, and Czechoslovakia days, and Yugoslavian days, and frankly, go ask our friends in Cuba, and I say that very loosely, or go talk to Venezuela folks. Look at all the wonderfulness there. Bread is now $37 a loaf is what I was told. <laughs> wow. Or something yes. outrageous like that. So, I mean, you've got to be kidding me. So uh, it's bad. It is, it is not going to bring anybody out of, um, uh, out of the lower income. Um, the free market and the United States has been that beacon, that light. We have brought so many people out of poverty, it's not even funny. And no one gives us credit for it. Everyone talks about how bad, and I don't say everyone. People like AOC and some of her, you know, her clan, the four or whatever they are. Uh, four horsemen. Yeah. No, the squad. The, right? squad yeah, the squad. You know, uh, I'm not sure they've ever had a job, and a bartender doesn't count. So, and I don't say that for all the ones that are listening. That's a very good job, I'm sure, but, <laughs> but not to become a United States congressman deciding on policy that – should move forward. But my, 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 my point is this, this is very dangerous territory that we're, we're trying to, 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 to fend off. And I will tell you, communism is, is, is absolutely positively without any doubt in my mind, the wrong way. I agree with you there. Absolutely. I must say, what is your story? Or I must ask what your story is. <laughs> On the Bernie Sanders yeah, deal. Okay. Funny deal about, uh, well, the first time he ran, I'm on Highway 3, and I'm coming to the Capitol, and this car gets up behind me, just riding me, right? And I have a, I have a Sanders sticker, my Sanders <laughs> sticker, on the back of my, of my glass of my pickup. 
And he just ride me. And I'm thinking, okay, this is seven in the morning. What in the world? And I'm like, okay, maybe it's one of my buddies. Playing a joke, blah, blah, blah. That has happened from time to time. So we get up to Highway 3, Highway 4, right there at the Piedmont uh, Northwest Expressway turnoff. And he whips around. And, of course, I probably shouldn't have done this, but I did. I rolled down my window because he rolled down his window. Okay, I don't know if he was going to shoot me or not. But anyway, so I rolled down my window, and I'm, I'm wearing, like I am, I have a tie and, and a shirt on. I'm going to work. Mm-hmm. And he goes, his first words out of his mouth was, I always wanted to see what one of you look like. And I didn't recognize this guy from Adam, and I'm like, oh, sir, I'm not sure what you mean. Well, a socialist, I wanted to see what a socialist looked like. You got that Bernie Sanders sticker on the back of your pickup. <laughs> And I just kind of hung my head, and I said, Sir, if you look at my bumper sticker, if you read my bumper sticker, it said Sanders State House. You're actually in my district as we speak. You're talking to the godfather. No, I don't. <laughs> I should have said that, yeah. right? Uh, but uh, And his face went white, rolled up his window, and drove off. So there wasn't like, oh, I'm so sorry. I think he was really embarrassed. Yeah. Uh, rightfully so. Rightfully so. And I was like, eh, you know. But I have had friends of mine that have had Sanders stickers on the back of their uh, cars, and they were like, I had to take it off, man, because everyone thought I was a Bernie Sanders supporter. I'm like, all they have to do is read Bernie signs. Just say Bernie. They don't yeah. even have Sanders on his stickers. So, <laughs> you know, I've lost some Sanders stickers out there, but that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> Trying to get him back. Oh, for sure. Trying to get him back. Yeah, we uh, we got faith in you. All right. Um, well, what do you what do you predict for twenty twenty? Are you seeing it as a victory for Trump? Are you? I will tell you that it will be a very volatile ride. Do I think President Trump uh, will lose? No, no one. Well, let, let, let me say this: no one is unbeatable. Number one. I've been doing this business for a long time, and being on the ballot as many times as I you know I have been very fortunate. Um, but uh, no one is unbeatable. Do I think that there is a Democrat on stage with the policies that they're talking about and these awful debates that they're having can beat President Trump? I do not. I do not. Uh, will I be supporting President Trump? You better believe it, a thousand percent. Um, you look at our economy. You look what he's done in the energy sector. You look what he's done with some of our trade policies. And yes, I know it's hurt our farmers and ranchers a little bit. And hopefully, with the with if we can get Congress to pass the uh, the, the 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 new deal between Canada, the United States, and Mexico, that would be a tremendous uh, shot in the arm. Our trade deals with Japan recently is a huge boost to our agriculture uh, sector here in this state. Um, you look what he's done with the red tape. You look what he has done um, on foreign policy. Uh, you know, it's funny when he's he, – it's not like he just came out of the blue and said all this. He said this during the campaign trail. And how refreshing is it that he says during the campaign trail what he has actually done as president of the United States? Name me someone that's done that recently. There, there isn't one. Crickets. Yeah, I mean, there isn't. And so um, is he brash and crass at times? Yes, there, but he's a brawler. Yeah. And I think he's the only man that could have taken on the media, taken on the establishment, and taken on Hillary Clinton and won. I believe that. So, you know, uh, I think President Trump will win. Now, what's interesting is 
is can the Republicans who have to defend more U.S. Senate seats, can we maintain that? I think we will. In fact, I think we'll win the Alabama seat. we got to protect a couple seats, but I think we're going to pick up. we got to protect Colorado. That's going to be a really tough race. That will be a very a Very interesting race. race. And, and Cor- Corey Gardner is a good friend of mine. I, when oh, I really? Worked, yeah, when I worked in Washington, uh, Corey and I were, were buddies. I, I knew him uh, then, got to know him uh, in 2002 when he worked for Wayne Allard and when I went out to help Wayne Allard in Colorado. That's how I got to know Corey. Uh, but interestingly enough, no one's talking about this, is the Republicans in the House. We only need 20 seats, only 20. And 31 seats that some blue dog Democrats won are states or districts that Trump won by double digits. So it is going to be a very long, interesting uh, people are going to want to turn off their televisions in June, uh, I'm sure. I think it's going to be ugly. Uh, I think it will be. But I. But 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 the reason why, in my opinion, why it could be ugly, is because this, in my opinion, is the fight for our country. Do you want to go down a socialistic road um, to 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 Hades? I don't think so. Or do you want to try to go and put America back to work, build our military back up? Uh, put people back to work, get people off welfare. That's the direction that I want. America is that last beacon. We're that last hope. We're that last driver of, of prosperity and economic freedom and religious freedom. That's what we're fighting for. I can't say that for the other side. In my opinion, what they have shown, not all, but what the leadership has shown on that side over there is it's all about power. It's Every bit of it's about power. Uh, what has this Congress done in the last two years? Zero, except all these chasing all these rabbits down these holes that end up zero. Yeah. And I think it's what's going to happen with this so-called inquiry that is behind closed doors and no one's knowing what's going on. And then these leaks that come out, um, leaks. Uh, you don't you don't buy it. I don't buy any of it. They're not getting the narrative that they want, and. They're fabricating this whole thing. Why in the world are you having this in the basement of the U.S. Capitol when the last two impeachment, uh, uh, you know, with Nixon and Clinton, everything was voted on, and, and different Congresses were in charge of political parties, and everything. There, 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 there's a formality with this. Why hasn't that been done? Right. Because they don't have anything. And Clinton's was much more publicized. I, I feel sure like. it was. Yeah. Sure it was. And even with Nixon. This, and the Democrats had control, and they were pushing that. Republicans had control during Clinton. Well, now the Democrats have control right now. Um, I, it's a sham. And I just I, I think it's embarrassing, and I think this is going to come back and bite them in the backside. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely think, obviously, if, we secure, if the Republicans are, uh, secure the House— or I mean, I some the main argument because my mom I talk with this about her a lot, and she's mm-hmm. a diehard conservative, no questions asked. She argues that the Senate race is more important than you know executive branch, but um, either way, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be ugly at times. I think it's it'll be entertaining nonetheless. It will be entertaining, and I don't know who they're going to throw up there, who actually is going to walk out of of, of who the Democrats. Uh, but you know what what what's sad is, you know. When I was growing up, there there were conservative Democrats. I don't know if there's very many conservative Democrats left. Yeah. There, there really isn't. Or even middle of the road. I'll even take middle of the road Democrat. You know, the congresswoman from Hawaii, you know, she's trying to play a little bit more moderate feel and, and on, on her approach. But I just, I mean, America is a great country. 
Do we have problems? You bet we do. What nation doesn't? What nation doesn't? But just because of our past history doesn't mean that America is awful. You know, have we learned from our mistakes? We better have. We better remember what happened in the past because if we don't, we're gonna we're 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 doomed to 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 to, to repeat it. Yeah. And I just think it's it's awful. I think a lot of people have forgotten their history, and um, you know, I think this political correctness garbage is is for the birds. Um, you know, statues are being torn down. Uh, things are are not being written uh, in school books. I just, I mean. Was the Civil War a scar on America's face? It was. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, good prevailed. Slavery ended. And and the country was brought back together. Um, so, you know, I can probably go on for two more hours, but I know there's yeah. other questions. <laughs> but uh, but I, I just think that uh, people have forgotten how great America is. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I, I love this land. Uh, That's right. Braden, you, you like America, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I would live anywhere else. Why do you think the PC movement has gained so much traction as of lately? I I don't know. I I mean, I've got theories, but I it's progressively gotten worse over the last two decades. Uh, everyone wanting, you know. Um, to say the right thing, and if you say the wrong thing, you lose your job. Ridiculous. I mean, if you, if, 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 listen, there's only been one man that's ever been perfect, that's ever lived on this earth, Jesus Christ. That is it. But he taught us to forgive. I think the political correctness police if you sneeze incorrectly, well, that wasn't a good enough sneeze. You're now fired. You've been a sports broadcaster on ESPN for 20 years. You're gone. I mean, I. it's a different time. It's so scary. And, and, and we have to watch everything that we say. Um, you know, uh, but at the end of the day, I think it's gone. It, it, it's run amok. And I think it's going to bring down America. I think it's, it's going to be the death of America if we don't watch it carefully. Uh, this political correctness movement is... is um, is scary in more than one way. Yeah. We have uh, one of our friends who is a recurring guest on the show was accused of committing a microaggression. A what? Um, I don't know. <laughs> what is he, a microaggression? He explained it, right? It, uh, the definition that is the accuser gave him was an involunt- something along the lines of an involuntary attack based on race. And what does that mean? I don't know. No, but the thing is, is microaggression, that's a common term now. You hear that a lot, or you see it a lot on Twitter. Um, I, I don't know. An involuntary attack? Something like, Braden, would you look up the definition, actually? Yeah. Because I, I mean, oh, goodness gracious, I, I've never heard that. I'm, <laughs> I'm afraid to even yeah. <laughs> get into that. But I, I, I just, listen... I just honestly believe that 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 this is this is so dangerous. Uh, this PC stuff is dangerous. So here's here's the term or the definition for it: a statement, action, or incident regarded as an instant instance of indirect, subtle, or unintentional discrimination against members of a marginalized group, such as a racial or ethnic min- minority. There you have it. So I'm trying to figure out how you would commit one of those things. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Maybe yeah. they just said that thinking it was a microaggression. 
don't know. They, maybe don't maybe know. it's just a term you throw out when you're trying to scare someone. Yeah. Watch out for those microaggressions. Yeah, no comment. Um, well, uh, when you were when the when was the teachers' protest uh, at the Hill? Was that two years ago? It was in 2018. 2018. Okay. Mm-hmm. What did that affect you at all, or, or did you play any role in that, or? What do you mean? Did I play a role? Well, I, you know, I, I, <laughs> of course I did. Uh, but you know, listen, we have voted on probably forty thousand plus votes, forty thousand plus votes in my eleven years. I, um, I felt at the time that's you know we needed to make some tough votes, and that allowed us to pay teachers. That allowed us to fix our roads and bridges. It, it allowed us to put money, more money in health care. It, it allowed us to uh, bec- you know, make Oklahoma solvent. And it was an opportunity that you know, I did not take lightly. Um, but I'll tell you that you know, my teachers in my district were very respectful. Uh, now I had a couple outside my district that needed to be taught manners. But um, my, my, my teachers from Kingfisher to Hennessy to Okarchi, Leedy, Woodward, Visai, um, gosh, Ceiling. I mean, they, they, they were great. And because the thing that I do is what some of my colleagues uh, didn't do or didn't do as well, I communicate on a regular basis through social media, newspaper, and website, returning emails, returning phone calls, returning text messages from anyone in my district that has reached out to me. So I have narrated, I have communicated effectively. I didn't have a problem. I, ver- I didn't get a whole lot of visitors. If I got a visitor, they were saying, hey, what, what, what's going on? What's, what's the latest? Yeah. Uh, but there were some of my colleagues that, that, um, that were uh, you know, targeted, if you will. And, uh, and I understand their anger. I really do. Um, but there's a way to do things correctly and politely, and there's other ways of doing it. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, we, we acknowledged the situation. We moved Oklahoma teachers' pay to now 12th in the country, and we've added to that last year. Yeah, you said 52000 on average? On 52 and average, when you talk about the benefits included. So it's 52000 on average is, is what an Oklahoma teacher on average makes. So if I've been teaching in the classroom for 25 years, I'm going to be on the higher end. If I'm a first-year teacher, I make 38000 and some change, 39000 or whatnot. I will tell you, if I was 22 years old, that's not a bad job. No, it's not. Not a bad job. Because I tell you, my first job out of college was not $39,000. What was your first job out of college? Oh, well, my first job. Well, I, st- I, I worked uh, in my family's funeral home, and I did that all through college. Um, so I would say that was, and I tell you, my dad was cheap. Uh, he didn't pay me that much. Um, <laughs> so I graduated in 97, December, so 98. I ran, some, uh, I ran uh, a state senate campaign at that time. Uh, and that was, you know, $1,500 a month, which sounds like a lot of money to a 23-year-old kid, which actually it was. Uh, and then I moved over to uh, Congressman Frank Lucas's uh, campaign staff. And then I moved over. Then that led, ultimately led me to uh, get a job in the Bush-Cheney presidential campaign down in Austin, Texas. Wow. So, which was phenomenal. And the White House experience, and I don't know. Uh, if we've got time, uh, but I've got some really good stories on the White House and President Bush. So, well, we understand your press for time. Oh, we're good. Yeah. I think we got 
we, we're okay. We're okay right now. Would you mind sharing one W story? <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. I got so many. Uh, well, first of all, it was an honor to work for President Bush. Um, a gentleman, um, way smarter than what people ever gave him credit for. Funny, too. Very funny. Great sense of humor. Um, let's see here. Uh tell you a funny story this will probably upset some of my osu cowboy fans but it's funny <laughs> nonetheless so down in austin texas home of the longhorns um when i was working on the campaign for months i was down there and all i had every day twice a day three times on sunday you know we're gonna kill you guys in football this year now i'm outnumbered literally there's 400 staffers there was actually more osu fans down there than us two mm-hmm. two sooners maybe three uh but anyway uh, it's 400 to 1, practically. So, and I just took it because I'm outnumbered. Well, then that glorious October day occurred, and the end, you know, the end result was a 63 to 14 whooping. And the Sooners won big, and I was very proud. And so I got the Dallas Morning News and blew it up. It was like 11 by 16. I put it right <laughs> behind my desk. I wore my, my ID on an Oklahoma Sooner lanyard. Uh, put my OU stuff up, and we went on to win the national championship that year. Well, right before Thanksgiving, and the Florida recount was still going on, uh, the president came by and was shaking hands with those of us that were still there and hadn't gone to Florida yet. And, you know, he comes up to my desk, and I'd met him six or seven times before. Uh, But he meets so many people. He knew I was a staffer, but... yeah. Anyway... And the president's very good with nicknames. And so um, he saw my stuff, and he says, so you're a Sooner. And I go, yes, sir, I am. And he said, well, you really gave to Texas in football this year. And I said, yes, sir, we did, 63 to 14. And we, st- and we stood there, literally in front of my desk, and everyone's watching us for a few minutes, and we had a moment of talking about UT football and Oklahoma Sooner football and the history. I, I took a picture with them, and that was that. Well... Um, three weeks after that, we had been declared, or maybe it was a day or two before we had, we were declared the winner for the 50th time. But anyway, uh, I'm, I'm there with my date, uh, at the time and, and standing in line, I have my picture made with uh, the first lady and the president there in the governor's mansion. And he sees me, does one of these, you know, with his fingers <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm a low man on the totem pole. I mean, my job was in charge of hiring all the volunteers and, and all the interns there at the campaign. And so I turned my head, you know, like, oh, I don't know who he's doing that to. He's not doing that to me, and I don't move. So then he takes another picture with another couple and, and then looks dead on, dead, I mean, motions me over, and I'm like, oh, gosh, what did I do? So I go, and he pats me on the back and goes, Sooner, how are you, young man? So from then on out, uh, my job there at the White House, when I would see him, uh, I was director of the White House intern program for the first term. Uh, and... Um, I'd have pictures made with, with, with the intern classes and whatnot. He'd say, Sooner, how's your football team going to be this year? Or Sooner, tell your folks in Oklahoma, I said hello. The man's genuine. Uh, he gives nicknames to, to – I always enjoyed that. I'm not sure he knows my name is Mike, but, but I'll take it uh, Sooner. But he knows you as Sooner. Uh, I'll take yeah, it any day of the week. I'll take it any day of the week. But he's a great man and, and uh, just a wonderful opportunity, and it was, a, it was an awesome experience to serve – our country and his administration. How stressful were the recounts? 
Well, extremely, because it was like a roller coaster. Um, one day, we were the winners. The next day, we were the losers. Um, it was 36 days. Uh, I mean, it was... Uh, it wasn't hand to you know you know hand to hand combat you know, but it felt like it. Yeah. I mean those thirty six days was about ten months of the campaign wrapped up in those four weeks. Um, it was intense. There wasn't a whole lot of sleeping. Uh, we had a great legal team, Ben Ginsburg. Uh, we had a lot of of uh, folks down there, you know. Uh, Ted Cruz was on our campaign. Senator Ted Cruz, he was with our policy. He was down there. Uh, great legal mind. Um, we had, gosh, you name it, uh, James Baker, uh, former uh, Secretary of State under uh, Bush 41 and worked in the uh, Reagan administration. He was kind of leading the charge. Uh, but I'm just so thankful that George W. Bush had won that election because I don't know what would have happened had Al Gore won, and we endure 9-11 months later. So I'm just very blessed and, and, and honored to be part of that team. Yeah, and I mean, the stories are a nice perk as well. They're not bad. Yeah. <laughs> They're not that's, bad. That's pretty great, actually. Oh, I'll, There's one of my favorite documentaries is Ken Burns Baseball. Yes. You, you've seen it? I have seen it's it. It's fantastic. Ken Burns, he's a genius. He is. If it's not baseball... It's the history of country music. Did you see country music? I did. It I was have not yet. Oh, I've heard phenomenal. It's I've heard it's so good. Phenomenal. Uh, you know the 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 Dust Bowl, the 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 documentary that he did, and I mean, just I don't know how he does it, but he makes it come to life, and it is uh, Ken, great guy, just amazing work. And a friend of the show. Yeah. Soon to be, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. All right, <laughs> we'll get him. Get him. We'll try and get him. Get him. We'll reach out to Ken Burns, but. Um, well, yeah. Well, normally what we do is, you know, given this is a special circumstance, we have these fun little get to know you yeah. questions. Oh gosh, for the, okay. For the first part, but okay, you know, like I said, special circumstances and all, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll ask you a couple, right? All now. right, That's all right. Fire away. All right. Uh, what is your favorite road sign and why? Ha! <laughs> favorite road sign. This is easy. Uh, I would say, uh, President. Uh, President Ronald Reagan Memorial Highway. Okay. Going into Kingfisher from the north and south on US 81. One, because he was a tremendous president, but number two, he's my political mentor. And number three, I wrote the bill to make sure that became law. Oh, there you go. There you go. Three for three there. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. So that's that's that yeah. that's my favorite sign. That's a good one. Yeah. Braden, you had one, right? Yeah, I got one. Um so when I was younger, my we would be going we used to take some trips to Denver, you know, and Colorado up in the mountains. Uh-huh. And when we were going through the mountains, there'd be falling rock signs. Yeah. Like, watch out for falling rocks. And my grandma always told me the story about how, like, um, this tribe a long time ago, this chief had a son named Falling Rock, and he ran away. And so my, my grandma would always be like, watch out for Falling Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's always stuck with me. I don't know how if that's the exact story. That's but our that's grandmothers are very special people. Yes, yes they are. definitely. Very um, special people. Brayden, watch those microaggressions. Um, yeah. He's going to get us all thrown in PC jail. Uh, If you were a tree, what kind would you be? What kind of tree? Uh, I think I would be a uh, redwood. Uh, Longevity, sturdy, consistent, um, and um, reliable. 
That's a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> Again, and by the way, you listeners, up. I have I have did not get any of these questions prior no. to. So no, this, ain't, this ain't CNN. There you. Ching. Brayden, you said you'd be an Aspen, right? Yeah, I don't I don't know much about trees, but I'll be an Aspen. Just because the way it is. I've always been a fan of the bonsai tree. Oh. I've heard they're murdered to take care of, but, you know. I, yeah, but you talk about a tree that could last a thousand years. I yeah. mean, I mean, they're they're, yeah. they're pretty tough boogers. They are. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. Pretty tough boogers. And then I guess we've asked this before, but this, I feel like this is a good question for the occasion. Uh, what would the title of your autobiography be? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, man. Autobiography. Um, boy, it's, it's a tough this, one. <laughs> this this one's tough. You know, I'm just thinking in my head. You know, I'm 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 a pretty um, I'm a, I'm an old soul. Um, I think one of the things I would say that I'm loyal. Probably loyal to a T. So I think my my autobiography could be um, Mike Sanders, loyal and true. Mike Sanders, loyal and true. That's a good one. Very good. <laughs> loyal to a T is pretty good too, honestly. Yeah. Those are both great. Braden, you got one? <laughs> Not as good as, as what he just gave out. But, um, man, I had one because someone, when, we were asked, when you asked that in our past broadcast yeah. or podcast, uh, someone texted me and was like, oh, this should be yours, and I really liked it, and I can't remember it. So I'm just going to have to go with like uh, <laughs> my, my – I don't know. You don't know. I right, really well, don't we'll know. Get, we'll get an answer for yeah. you next time. Next time. <laughs> I think mine would it's be, tough. It's a tough question. It is. I think mine, really would, mine would be oops. <laughs> oops. <laughs> but, um, now, now. Yeah. <laughs> now, now. But um, Representative Sanders, thank you so much for coming on. Yes, thank It has been such much. a treat having you here. Well, it's been an honor to visit with you guys and, and, and obviously a constituent sitting here to my right. Yes. So i got to be really good and be on my best behavior. But <laughs> I really enjoyed this, and, and it's always great to be on campus and be back here. Uh, it's a great university, great history. And uh, anytime you guys uh, need me, want me, uh, I've got more stories, and in fact, I'll tell you, I'll leave you with this. I've got a really great 9/11 story, so oh, we can we we can visit about that next yeah, time. Absolutely, yeah. and rest assured, I, we intend for there to be a next <laughs> yes. time. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, and how can people find you, Mike Sanders? Uh, Twitter? Yeah, I've got uh, at, at at Mike A Sanders. That's my Twitter handle. Uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, or you can go to my website, uh, votemikesanders.com. So you can reach me. Twitter, Facebook, website. Uh, obviously, look me up on uh, online. You can reach me on uh, through the House website. Uh, my my uh, email address and phone number are there. Uh, but uh, it's just it's it's been a pleasure to uh, to serve and, and and be with you guys here tonight. And and I uh, look forward uh, to the next time. Yeah. Absolutely, us as well. Be sure to check out at Squawk Radio and at Big Squawk on Twitter. And stay tuned for more Squawk and. Keep on squawking. Couldn't say that enough.